Hi, I'm Will Green from the Guernsey Press, and welcome to a special interview series accompanying COP26, supported by the International Sustainability Institute, Channel Islands. I've been speaking to key local players about the risks and opportunities posed to Guernsey by the climate crisis, tracking the core themes being discussed at the huge summit in Glasgow, and finding out what they mean for us in the bailiwick. Now, we've already heard that at this COP, finance is king. And it's an area Guernsey is well-placed to play its part in as discussion in that global gathering moves to the role of innovation. I spoke to Steph Glover, Green Finance Manager at Guernsey Finance, and Josephine Bush, Strategic Advisor for Green and Sustainable Finance, who both travelled to Glasgow to be part of it to find out just how our leading industry is innovating. So you've been up in COP26 in Glasgow. What was it actually like from the outside? It looks like this huge event. Yeah, so it's been the most exciting week, I think, of of probably my life so far. Uh, It was fantastic. We were meeting people across the finance industry from the UK Green Finance Institute to different investment houses, different private banks. We even uh, was, you know, within about a metre proximity of His Royal Highness Prince Charles at uh, Talk on Biodiversity. So that was incredible. Yeah, I mean, I found it um, hugely, um, hugely exciting and very sort of intense. I think um, in this sort of post-COVID world where a huge number of recovery packages have had uh, sustainable finance and greening the economy at the heart of it, I think it set the scene uh, for, for, for significant expectation around what COP would uh, deliver you know covid itself has highlighted the climate change problem because we've had less pollution because of less air travel things like that um, but also people have recognized i think the value of what the green economy can do in kickstarting uh, so a huge amount of expectation and intensity and um, huge significant finance presence at this COP actually compared to previous COPs. So it was great to have the multidisciplinary approach, but finance being recognised uh, the, you know, as uh, the thing that's really going to accelerate change. Talking about the finance side of things, I guess the world needs money. It what makes the world go round. How important is it truly to have enough money to solve this issue? And where does financial innovation come into all of this? Firstly, I think that finance is just incredibly important. I think we heard from Mark Carney that there's $130 trillion committed by banks, asset managers, insurers to finance the transition. You know, those wind farms, the solar farms, the forestry farms, they aren't going to just appear out of anywhere. We need financing behind them to invest in those solutions. Yeah, absolutely. And, And I think that we know the wall of capital is there. Um, how we deploy it and at what pace we deploy it now is is the key challenge. Um, You know, what we're doing currently isn't enough. You know, you'll have heard that even with the new national commitments at COP, we're at about 1.9 at best degrees warming. Um, So there's still more to do. So we can't be complacent about that. But the wall of capital that's there, the 130 trillion that uh, Steph has talked about, and the 100 billion that's been committed to the developing nations, um, we need to deploy this 
um, at pace. Financial innovation will help us get there. We can't rely on the structures and the financial instruments that we've had in the past, the way that we've done things. We have to be innovative about how we de- deploy that capital for the future. So what does that look like? Well, you know, we're seeing new technologies develop hydrogen, carbon capture and storage, um, the development of cheaper, lower cost um, electrolyzers. So the supply chain within the technologies that we need to uh, green our economy, they're evolving, evolving at pace, but they're coming from often universities uh, and venture capital. Um, Accelerating capital into that space is one of our challenges. So we need more public-private partnerships Uh, around this that helps de-risk the innovation but it also helps accelerate capital and we had a lot of that uh, about that at COP well now we need to see it happen. When you talk about um, capital about finance if you're a lay person what does that actually mean? It literally means pounds in your pocket that need to be deployed into the right place so it's about governments looking at the public purse and allocating capital money to specific programs that will help us generate the change that we want to see. So some of that may come through grants, some of it may come through guarantees, some of it may come through, as you talked about, public-private partnerships that may take the form of a joint venture, so a corporate structure where government puts money in and private sector puts money in. Um, it can come through financial instruments like green and social bonds. So that's the raise, raising of a an issuance of a debt instrument by the government, sovereign wealth, um, those monies are then used in the way that we've discussed. Um, So there are lots of ways of of cutting it from debt instruments through to taking actual shares and subscribing for shares um, in an entity or entering into partnership um, akin to a private equity structure um, that, that has a both a public and a private element to it they're just some examples of the things um that that can be done and obviously guernsey you know we've got decades of experience in the financial services sector how are we using that expertise that depth of knowledge and expertise to deploy this finance into green industries and the sustainable world what further innovations do we need to make you know both whether that's for government money or for private money is Guernsey well placed to create those structures, whether that's lawyers, whether that's through PE, private equity, or other uh, experts in Guernsey? Yeah, so I'd say absolutely. Guernsey is incredibly well placed to, to finance the transition. Like you said, we've got over 50 years of experience in you know setting up funds, managing, administering all, all these monies. We, you know, we've got the, the infrastructure there already. We have great professional experience. And I think from talking to firms on Ireland, they're all looking to upskill. They're all learning more. They're all developing these kind of sustainability principles within their firms. And that's really exciting to see. I think we've seen loads of innovation in the funds sector. So things like our Guernsey Green Funds. Uh, this was the world's first regulated green fund kite mark. Um, we now have about 14 funds with that kite mark, which equates around four billion uh, going towards green and sustainable projects. So again, these are wind farms, solar farms, farming, actual farming projects. So it's really, really exciting and really innovative. And I think it really helps combat that 
greenwashing narrative, the fact that it's regulated. You know, to second what um, Steph just said, and this is a competitive advantage, I think, for Guernsey, it's not been afraid to be a first mover. And that's really important because when you lead the way, you're putting your brand out there um, into the market and those that are innovating themselves, so the sources of capital, where the supply is coming from, um, they'll be looking to Guernsey for signals about where and how it can deploy its capital. That $130 trillion is looking for a home. It's looking for conduits for capital. So understanding where the capital um, needs to go is is part of the innovative thinking that's required. So we've talked about the Guernsey Green Funds that are predominantly at the moment invested in um, renewable technologies, but we're seeing the rise of nature-based solutions. So and biodiversity gain and forestry. Um, so understanding that asset base as to where capital will go in the future um, is part of the thinking that we know Guernsey is doing at the moment. And then devising structures and, and, and conduits for that capital into those places then um, is, is critical and, and part of the thinking. And obviously, you know, Guernsey is well known for being a private wealth centre as well. Has there been a material change, you know, as, as that general, generational wealth has moved through the generations? Are people still looking for the bottom line and getting the maximising they can on the bottom line? Or actually, are their aims and objectives changing a bit? So perhaps they're willing to take a slight hit, say, on, on, the, on that bottom line if they're achieving sustainable objectives, for example. So I think maybe the first point there is you don't always have to sacrifice that little bit of returns with sustainable investing. Um, I think we see from our Guernsey Green Funds, for example, they are making double digit returns. You know, this is in line with market. Uh, I think that narrative of um, if you invest in oil, you make loads of returns and you rest, you rest in sustainable projects, you make less returns. That's not quite what we're seeing in the marketplace yet. When we look at Guernsey, you know, we, we, we're keen to promote ourselves as a, as a world leader in green and sustainable finance. How important is it that we as a population, as an island, as a bailiwick, walk the walk as much as talk the talk? What do we need to do here? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's a really good question and it, it's um, a really important question to, to be able to answer. Um, the island is very rich <laughs> in its natural capital. So the starting point for fully understanding how it can leverage that to walk the walk, as you say, is, is an assessment of the potential for natural capital of the island. And there are many considerations that are ongoing and very current around that when you look at your coastal waters, when you look at the rich and uh, the diversity, biodiversity of, of, of the land. You, you know, there's there is a number of technologies that could be deployed um, on the island in order to not only generate um, electricity for island consumption, but potentially for for export as well. There's lots that can be done with the infrastructure of the island uh, to deliver food resource, uh, circular economy initiatives around waste um, and reduction of dependency on hydrocarbons. So that's not an uncomplex um, challenge. Uh, and requires a pretty holistic and integrated approach to uh, address the challenge. But it's a very exciting challenge. 
I think, for, for the island to consider and one that the community can engage with as well, because, you know, it, there's such appreciation for the richness and beauty of the island, you know, leveraging it for the you know, future is important. Also, do we need to become greener because actually it makes us more credible as a finance centre? Yeah, I'd absolutely agree. And I think, you know, we're starting to get those questions of, you know, it's really great that you have these, you know, these finance initiatives, but what is the island of Guernsey doing? And I think it's fantastic that we've seen that kind of signalling from our government with the extension of the Paris Agreement last week. Um, we talked to deputies while we were up in Glasgow, and I think that's a really good signpost from government. This is the move that we're going to be taking. And I, I can't wait to see what comes out of that agreement. You've obviously been up at the uh, summit. What were people saying about Guernsey? Was it positive, neutral, bad? I think the messaging that we had from Guernsey was incredibly positive. I think people were kind of blown away by you know, such a small island is doing such innovative and agile things within green and sustainable finance. And I, I think the messaging was really positive from that. You know, we talk about financial innovation here. What's the timeline for Guernsey Green Finance in the next one, five decade? Yeah, I mean, well, the key is to continue to innovate, isn't it, as an island itself and think through how um, Guernsey can play its part in the deployment of capital. Um, and we'll be giving that a lot of thought in the you know the coming days and weeks uh, in the post you know post COP um, there'll be a significant amount of new relationship building that will help us think through um, that as well. We've got lots of ideas about new initiatives, um, new platforms. Um, new areas of focus that we see when we look at the market and we th- when we see where capital should be deployed, uh, working with all of the players within Guernsey about the role that they can play within that will be on the agenda as well. So there's a lot of forward thinking about how we galvanise the expert resource within Guernsey to, to be, again, first mover. Josephine Bush and Steph Glover from Guernsey Finance speaking to me there. I'm sure we're going to be hearing a lot more about green finance over the coming months and years. Let me know what you think of what you've heard so far in the series. You can find me on Twitter and LinkedIn. And please do make sure you're subscribed to the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast on whichever platform you prefer as we continue our look at Guernsey and the climate crisis. Thanks again to the International Sustainability Institute, Chun Islands, for its support and thank you for listening.